0: Hallelujah! Here Hallelujah. Here Hallelujah! Jesus name. Jesus name. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming. I know I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Sometimes we come and not as many other folks show up. Whoever's supposed to be here is here. Amen. Hallelujah. God's here, so that's all that really matters. I don't care about Amen. numbers. Some people more interested in what God does. So and He's here, and He wants to speak to us tonight. He wants to move. He Amen. wants to challenge us and draw us closer. That's why we're here. Amen. First Samuel chapter one, verse one to eight. It says, now there was a certain man of Ramathium, Zophim, of Mount Ephraim. And his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroam, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, and and Ephraim. Sorry, I had most of them. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Paniah. And Paniah had children, but Hannah had no children. Sorry, Panina, sorry. And this man went up out of the city yearly to worship the sacrifice of the Lord of the host in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina, his son, Panina his son, his wife. Oh, my word. I worked so hard to get this name right before. Now I can't read anything. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Panina. Nina's his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, then said often her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? Amen. I'm just going to preach a few minutes. My title is Hungry Like Hannah. My secondary title was Hungry Hungry Hannah. <laughs> we'll just skip the first one. Let's just <laughs> pray together one more, one more time. Jesus, hallelujah, God, I worship you. God, I love you. God, I thank you for your presence that's here and your anointing that's here. God, I pray that you would speak to us tonight. Challenge us, I pray, in Jesus' name. God, I know in my mouth to say what you need me to say and stop getting tongue-tied, I pray, in Jesus' name. God, let your will be done. God, I know in our ears to hear what you want us to hear. God, challenge us, draw us closer to you, I pray, in Jesus' name. God, let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. you can be seated if you want. Verse 8, in the New Living says, Why are you crying, Hannah? I'll, I'll, Elkanah would ask, Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? So Hannah, she was married to Elk, we'll call him. And he was also married to Penina. He had two wives. Which isn't a smart move, I don't think. One's enough. Amen. A lot of problems started with me. Anyway, so, Penina had children. Hannah didn't have children. They They both had the same relationship with the husband. They were both loved by him. They were both important to him. They were both cared for by him. They were both looked after by him. They were both provided for by him. They were both treated well. By him, etc., etc. But Hannah could not have children. She was close to her husband. She was in love with her husband, but that didn't seem to be enough for her. Penina had children, and she would poke fun at Hannah. She would mock her. She would laugh at her. She would tease her. She would say things to her. She would she would hurt her. And I don't know if you've ever been mocked or laughed at, but it hurts. In grade 10, in my math class, there were these two jerks that <laughs> sat beside me, and literally every day they would just say things, make fun of me, say I was ugly, say I was stupid, say all the I can't even repeat the things they said, they would just, every day they would just say these things, and nothing was ever done, once I got mad and I threw stuff at them, and the teacher just ignored the whole thing, and it was fun, good times, but... If you've ever been in a position where somebody mocks you or somebody constantly laughs at you or puts you down, it hurts. It is an emotional thing. It breaks you down and it wears you out. And that's where we find Hannah. She's married, she's cared for, she's provided for, she's loved, but she's been worn out. She's tired, she's stressed, she's worried, she's a little bit depressed, she's upset. She feels like her life at this point... Has no purpose she's lived her life and now there's nothing to show she's lived her whole life and what is she leaving behind what she what does she have to show for this this life that she's lived it seems to Hannah like nothing has come out of it and she says to herself if I don't have any children what am I gonna leave behind right and she felt like that was her whole purpose in life And now it wasn't going to happen. So what was her purpose now? If she couldn't have children, she agonized over it. Verse 10 says, She was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. She wept sore and hurt her. It hurt her that she couldn't have children. It hurt her that this other wife, married to the same husband as her, was having children and rubbing it in her face. And she was almost bitter with it. And her husband noticed And saw that she was upset and sad and frustrated. He saw that she wanted more. And he said, why are you crying, Hannah? Why are you eating? Just a good husband, right? What's your problem? Snap out of it. Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than ten sons? Just like a husband, right? Just didn't get it. He just didn't understand. And he said, aren't I better than ten sons? Isn't the relationship we have together, isn't that better than producing anything? Isn't that better than what could happen? Isn't this enough for you? Isn't this all that you need, just me and you? Isn't that enough? I'm just going to use this as a metaphor or an illustration for a relationship with Jesus real quick. The Bible calls us the bride of Christ, right? We have a relationship with him as individuals, as a church, as people, right? And we've been, we've been cared for, we've been looked after by Him, we've been provided for by Him, we've been treated well by Him. He's taken care of us, He's brought us in, He's given us a home, He's given us a purpose, He's given us life, all this stuff, right? And He's welcomed us in, He's took us in, He's been great to us, and we have nothing to complain about there. He's always been good to us, He's always loved us, He always forgives us, He always supports us, He always protects us, and provides for us. But there, has, there comes a point When like Hannah, we start wondering, what am I leaving behind? What impact am I making? Am I making a difference? And we get older and we wonder, what have I done with my life? What's going to happen? Who is going to carry on when I go? What impact have I made? What have I left behind? And maybe we feel like Hannah sometimes, worn out and tired and stressed and worried, depressed and upset. There was a missionary to Africa, Sister Nona Freeman. She gave everything. She just put everything into there. And when she was dying at the end of the road, she felt like she didn't do enough. And she was somebody that gave more than I've ever given. But there comes a point. Because as great as our relationship with Jesus is, as great as the love of Jesus is, and the support and the mercy and the grace he gives to us. There's nothing like having a child. I heard a message preached that there's no substitute for sons by Wayne Huntley. There's no substitute for sons. There's no substitute for what can come out of the relationship. The relationship is great. I'm not saying it isn't. But there's something about producing something. There's something. I'm not talking about physical sons and daughters right now. I'm talking about spiritual things. There's something about producing something spiritual with your life. Something that's going to last, something that's going to impact, like we talked about this morning with with Rahab and the decision she made impacted us today. Something like that, something that comes out of our relationship. And that's where Hannah was at. She loved her husband, but it wasn't enough. Anymore. She said, I need a son. I need something more than this. I love you. I know that you love me. I know that you care about me, but I need something to come out of this. I need more. I need to do something more with my life. I have something else to give. I'm thankful for this relationship. I'm thankful for everything that you've done for me, but it's not enough. I need to do more. I need an heir. And as great as our relationship with Jesus is, as great as his love is for us, and his support, and his mercy, and his grace And all of that stuff, there's nothing like praying somebody through to the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like baptizing somebody in some sketchy water in the middle of Africa. There's nothing like baptizing someone. There's nothing like praying for somebody and then being healed. There's nothing like teaching a Bible study and seeing the lights come on in somebody's eyes. There's nothing like praying for something and seeing it happen. There's nothing like praying a prayer that breaks down a wall. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like seeing the miraculous happen with your own eyes. And as great as a relationship with Jesus is, there's more that... We can get. There's more than we can have. And I don't want you to take it the wrong way. The love and mercy and grace of Jesus is enough. I don't need anything else. I don't need to see these things happen. He's done enough for me. I don't need to see it happen. But I want more. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Amen. I want more. We need to get to that place where we want more. The Bible says in Psalm 34, 37 and 5. It says, "Delight." Thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires, the desires of thine heart. The desires of our hearts. He's going to give them to us, not just what we need, but our desires and our wants. When we live for Him, when we delight ourselves in Him, when we put ourselves in Him, when we trust Him, and we live the way He wants us to live, He's going to give us the desires of our heart, not just what we need. He's always going to give us what what we need. He provides for us, but He's going to give us... Desires. There's nothing like having a son spiritually. There's nothing like producing something that's going to go on bigger than you. That's going to impact somebody else down the road. There's nothing like that. I'm not talking about people. I'm not talking about having sons. I've never had a son. Obviously, you know that. Talking about producing something spiritual. And there needs to come... We need to come to a point that... We want more than just to be in his presence. We want more than just his love and just to be saved and just, you know, sit on a pew and wait until Jesus comes back. And if we die, then we go to heaven anyway and whatever. There's got to be more that we want than that. There's more to it. We need a hunger like Hannah. We need to be hungry like Hannah. It wasn't enough for her just to be loved by her husband. It wasn't enough for her just to be cared for. It wasn't enough for her just to be protected or comforted or be safe. She wanted more. She wanted a legacy. She wanted to leave something behind. She wanted to make a difference. Having a son was the way that she thought that she could. And Penina mocked her. She laughed at her. She said, I've got kids and you don't. Ha, ha, ha. And there are times... When we can get so frustrated. When we see it happening for others. We see it happening around us. And it feels like we're being mocked. We're praying for something and somebody else gets it. We're praying for our sons to come home. And something happens for somebody else and not for us. We we see it happening around us and it can get frustrating. You feel like you're being mocked. And it hurts to see others blessed with what you want so much. And it says Hannah was in bitterness of soul. She was on the verge of bitterness. Have you ever been there? No. I've been there. When you want something so bad and it's just not working out, when you want something so bad and you're praying for it so long and it's not turning out, and you think, "Why me? What did I do wrong? What 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 is the big deal? Why why is it not happening for me?" And we've been there many times. I know you have too. But Hannah took that bitterness she took that pain she took that hurt she took that desperation the confusion the anger the mockery the disappointment and the frustration and it says she prayed unto the lord she took all of those things and she put it into her prayer she didn't go on facebook she didn't complain about it to anybody she didn't rip penina apart she didn't go to her husband and say this woman it's making my life miserable. She didn't do that. She didn't start a fight. She didn't spread rumors about her. She didn't do any of those things. She took all of that hurt. She took all of that bitterness. She took all of that mockery and she put it into prayer. And it's okay to be hurt. It's okay to have pain. It's okay to be frustrated and disappointed. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be mad and angry and confused and desperate. It's okay to feel bitterness if we turn it into prayer. Because if you don't, it'll kill you. But if you turn it into prayer, God can do something with that. When we're hungry, like Hannah, we turn it into our prayers. We take all that and we give it back to God and say, God, I don't know, I need you to step in. I'm hungry for something to happen. I need you to move right now. Pray, pray, pray. Put it into prayer. Don't put it online. Don't put it on the phone. Don't put it somebody else. Don't fight with anybody. Just put it into prayer. Don't grumble or murmur or complain and get with people that think the same way. Don't do it. Put it into prayer. Amen. Amen. If you want to make a difference, if you're really hungry like Hannah, put all that into prayer and give it back to God. Verse 11 says, And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon him. His head. And it came to pass that she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now, Hannah, when she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long will thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. She kept praying. She wanted more. She wanted the son. She took all that suffering. She put it into her prayer. She wanted the legacy. She was hungry for something else. She became obsessed with it. She just kept praying, she would come to the temple and she would pray and she would pray and she would pray it was the only thing that was keeping her going and then the priest mocked her, the priest assumed that she was drunk, not on purpose maybe but he did it anyway, she'd already had I don't know what you would call your husband's wife I don't know, wife-in-law, I don't know what it is but she had her mocking her at home and then she goes to the temple and the priest mocks her too but she just kept on praying anyway when we become hungry like Hannah, people aren't going to understand. Even the priest didn't understand what was going on. Even the priest didn't know why she was praying as hard as she was. She, even he didn't he didn't even think she was praying, she was praying so hard. He'd never seen anybody hungry like that before. Amen. When we become hungry like Hannah, people aren't going to understand. Why do you sing those songs? Why do you play that guitar? Why do you pray all the time? Why do you fast? Why do you read your Bible? Why are you obsessed with missions? Why do you give all that money to the church? Why do you pick people up that you're not even related to? Why do you do these things? Why do you invite these people over to your house? Why do you visit people? People aren't going to understand, but keep praying, keep going, take disappointment, take frustration, take hopes, take dreams and put them into prayer and keep praying. Keep praying for your lost family members. Keep praying for your backslidden spouses and sons and daughters and grandchildren. Keep praying for that person that's sick. Keep praying for that miracle. Keep praying. When we're hungry like Hannah, people aren't going to understand. They're going to say, isn't it enough that God did this? Isn't it enough that you're saved? Isn't it enough that you can come to church? Isn't it enough just to go on Sunday morning? They're not going to understand. But if we're hungry like Hannah, it doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter what other people do. Even the priest didn't understand what was going on. Just keep going anyway. Just keep praying anyway. She wanted a son. She wanted an heir. She wanted a legacy. She wanted more. Her comfortable life wasn't enough anymore. She wanted more. We can have the music. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And all through the New Testament, we see in places where Jesus calls us to produce fruit. Amen. To produce something more than what we have. Jesus didn't save us just so we could sit on a seat. come to church and pay our tithes for 50 years and then die and go to heaven. Sorry. No, that's grim. That's not what he saved us for. He wants more from us. He wants more for us. We all need to get to that place where we want more too. His love, his protection, his grace, his mercy. That's all good. It's all awesome, and I'm thankful for it. But we need to be hungry like Hannah and say, I need more. I don't care what people think. I don't care what the priest thinks. I don't care what my husband thinks. I don't care what anybody thinks, what anybody says, what anybody does. I want more than what I have right now. I want something that's going to last. I want to impact my world. I want to impact my family. I want to impact my workplace, my town, my province. There's communities who don't know who Jesus is. There's countries who don't know who Jesus is. There's cities and families, neighbors that don't know who Jesus is. And I'm not talking about physical children. I'm talking about producing something spiritually. Take it and put it in a prayer. and Pray down walls in the spirit teach Bible studies, pray people through to the Holy Ghost, pray people through to healings, pray for miracles, pray backsliders home, pray for others that aren't maybe even connected to you. There's more to this than just sitting on a seat. There's more to this than just feeling the love of God every Sunday and going home. There's more. I need to be hungry like Hannah was. We talked this morning about faith and action. How you can say one thing, but if you don't act upon it, then you probably don't really believe it. And if we believe that God can do it, we need to pray the, the prayer. We need to fast the fast, and we need to take the step. 1 Samuel 1, verse 20. says, Wherefore it came to pass when this time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. She had her son. She prayed and she prayed and she prayed and she prayed and she took everything and she put it in to her prayer. And she had that son. Hannah probably would not have had Samuel if she didn't push through. She would have became a bitter old lady. She was on the verge of bitterness. But she took all that and she put action to it. She believed that God could give her a son. And she took all that, she put it into her prayer, she put action to it. She prayed, she fasted, she ignored the critics, she ignored the, the people that were mocking her. She ignored the cynics. And she had a baby boy. And as much as Penina mocked and laughed and pointed her finger, nothing could change the fact after Samuel was born. It didn't matter what anybody else said. Because there he was, working in the temple. It didn't matter. The mockery didn't matter. Nothing could change that. After he was born, nothing could change that. And as much as the priest thought she was drunk, and he didn't even care Really, he didn't ask her what was wrong. He didn't ask what she was praying about. He just said, you know what, go home. God will answer your prayer. Just get out of here. That's basically what he said. Read it. He's like, what are you praying for? She's like, oh, or what are you drunk for? Just go. God will answer your prayer. And as much as he didn't believe in her, really, and as much as her husband thought, you know, she was being crazy, and as much as her wife-in-law was making fun of her, Nothing could change the fact after Samuel was born. And God wants to use us to birth things in the spirit. And God wants to use us to fight battles and change our world. But we won't be able to do it until we become hungry like Hannah and we fight and we push through. No matter what people say or do or think. When something rises up in us and we get fed up and we say enough is enough. I need this to happen. I need you to move. I need something to change. And David fought and he killed Goliath, not because he was special, but because he went to the battlefield and he saw a big idiot mocking the people of God and mocking God. And he was like, that's ridiculous. That's enough. You have to stop. And that's what happened. He just, he got mad. He got fed up. It wasn't anything special about him. He just said, that's enough. You can't do that. This is God's people you're talking about. And he snapped and he, he lost it. (laughs) He fought the giant. He killed him because he had enough. When we get to that place where we've just had enough, when we take that, when we act on it, and we pray and we push, God will step in and move. When we get to that place where enough is enough and we get fed up, when we turn it into prayers, God will step in and do the miraculous. When we rise up, when we fight, when we pray, when we get hungry, but until then it's going to be the same old thing. Nothing will be produced, nothing will change. Hannah was probably not the only barren lady in her town. But she's the only one who got the attention of God. She's the only one that got her miracle. And Samuel went on to be one of the greatest judges and prophets that Israel had ever knew. Because his mama had had enough. And she got hungry for more. The world would never have Samuel if it was not Hannah being hungry and who knows what your prayers are going to change who knows whose lives will be changed because of our prayers but we need to be hungry and Samuel did more for God than Penina and her children and Eli and his children combined keep pushing keep praying there's more What you see, there's more than what you know There's more than what you've been doing God has more for us But until then, until we get to a place Like Hannah where we're just so hungry And fed up and we push and we pray through We're not going to see it First Samuel 2 and 21 I'm almost done says, and the Lord visited Hannah so that she Conceived and bare three sons and two daughters And the child Samuel Grew before the Lord God added more to Hannah than just Samuel. All she asked for was one. All she asked for was one boy, and she said, I'm going to give him back to you, and you do what you want, but I need this. And God always gives us more than what we ask, and what we expect. Hannah went from having no kids to six. That's a big jump. And if we're hungry, if we push, if we pray, God will come through and he will bring more than we expected. He'll give you what you're praying for. He'll go above that and beyond that because that's what he does. We have to get hungry. We have to get to that place where we just get fed up. And say, God, I need you to move. It may take fasting. It may take praying. It may take giving up some things. It may take fighting. It may take people in your house thinking you're crazy. Maybe I'll think you're crazy. I don't know. It may take that. It may take looking ridiculous to somebody.
1: But that's what it takes. That's what it's
0: worth. It's worth it. Amen. Let's all stand. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's just find a place to pray. I'm just going to open the altar. If you're hungry for change, if you want God to step in, take all that stuff. Put it into your prayer. Take that hurt, take the frustration, take the pain, take the emotional baggage, all that junk, and just put it into your prayer. Just pray like you never prayed. <laughs> God wants to step in and God wants to move and God wants to do something in our families God wants to do something in our lives God wants to break through some things God wants to, to produce something spiritually we need to pray through it we need to push through it we need to get hungry amen in Jesus name